0: This is the 3rd and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Montepagata and I'm joining alongside, as always, Coach Jason Chaddock. Super excited to be with you again uh, wherever you might be, in your car, at home. We thank you guys for listening to us. Um, hope, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show thus far. I know we have. Coach Chaddock, uh, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, man, I'm good. Any day I get to get with you on this show, <laughs> have, have dialogue, it's always a good day. I'm excited about it. We have a great guest coming up. I'm really excited to talk to her and learn a little bit more about her background and her involvement with the sports arena and uh, what she does in the media now. So I'm very excited about that. And I, I want to tell you, I just lived through... A lot of the stuff we talked about on the last show with, with our, our previous guests with dealing with losses and how you learn from losses. And I just want to highlight that for a moment because it was a big conversation we had at the youth level. And at the high school level, we had a game. We, we were ahead and, you know fell behind at the end, drove in a two-minute drill, drove downfield, get a game-tying field goal end up going to overtime on a game-tying field goal, and then we end up losing the game in overtime. And let me tell you, I was – all of us, all coaches, all players, everybody, we were all just sitting there. And you know what I'm talking about when I say it. Any, any athlete, any coach out there knows, man, it had that bad taste in my mouth. We, we were not happy. A game we, we truly felt we should have won. And we really, over the weekend and um, heading in, heading in, you know, getting prepared for another week, you don't have time to sit there and dwell on it forever. You've got to really think, what did I learn? What, what did we do? What did we learn about ourselves in our Monday through Thursday preparation that led us to Friday? And that was a huge conversation we had. What did we do Monday through Thursday that led us to Friday? And what can we do better Next week to improve that. So I just want to tell you, man, coming right in here, firing on all cylinders. That was on my mind because instantly when I was listening to our coach talk to the players afterwards, I went back to our previous show instantly. It was it was absolutely eye opening for me to think you and I one week prior were you know or two weeks prior were talking about this exact thing, the lo- the losing and, and what can we learn from it? How did it affect us? instantly it hit me. So that that's what was on my mind this morning when I woke up and uh, you know about wanting to share on the show today. Hey, these are lessons we're learning as we go and and wow, I already had a moment where a couple weeks prior I can think back to a show and what we talked about about how you handle a loss and and how you move forward and what you learn from it and for us it was about preparation, some things we wanted to do to prepare better.
0: No, that's huge that you mentioned that and and we we seem you know, to me, I just feel like what we're trying to get across here, third and thirty, is these are everyday lessons, and we live it too. And it's just it it, it you don't necessarily know when those lessons are going to come in to your life, but you know, in this instance, it worked out great because it was already sort of fresh in your head, and and you were able to reference back to something recent and and even hammer it in even more. And um, I, I mean, that that's that's awesome, coach. I think. You know, going in, the, and it's it's so important to understand how much critical thinking and how it's almost like reaction time in life. You know, they I, and, and I and I heard this the other day and um, about football. We always end up back at football, but it's not that players are faster when the games get to a higher level. It's that their reaction times are quicker. And that goes for every position. And that's and I and I think when you look at it like that, it also that has to do with the brain and your reaction time brain to body to do what you want it to do. And I think that's where games they say, Oh yeah, the college game is way faster than high school. NFL is way faster than the college game. I think that to me it's I, I notice it more from it being a reaction time thing. And that's how we have to manage life is Mm -hmm. if we dwell on things too long in life and don't have a reaction time of... And and the reaction time isn't as quick as sports. I'm saying life reaction time is a little longer than in sports, but it can't be too long in the grand scheme of things. You can't dwell on things too long because then you're into the next thing and you're not ready for it. And you're going to let this previous instance affect this now present or future instance, uh, opportunity, I should say, in front of you. And... That It's so important and, and to really have thinkers and, and brains to react and understand, okay, here's what we did wrong. Here's what we need to fix. Here's what's important. Here's what we can fix and boom, get right to work without really wasting too much time. It it, it takes practice. I don't think it's something that you're born with or born without. I think it's something that you can definitely develop over time because I can tell you what, my life reaction time was a lot slower a few years ago and now it is much quicker when and I, I i i attribute life reaction time to when things get hairy and things get bumpy in life and it's so important and um I, I, that's that's great that you mentioned that and it's it's it takes a lot about it, it takes a lot of in your brain to handle those things and it's tough on the mental side of things in sports and in life and it's 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 not easy and it's just something that if we continue to maneuver and try to guide in the right direction of how to be better in that aspect that's what we need to go for it's not that um everyone just needs to be that way there are certain ways to develop those things and it it all goes back to education and all that stuff but i mean you know i um it's amazing what you learn when you talk when you bring other people with similar mindsets and kind of pick their brains because everyone thinks differently you know and so uh but but similar mindsets think differently so how do you you know we all have different ways of getting to the same goal it's interesting to see other people's paths to their to their um, to their goals um, let's bring in our next guest for the week super excited to bring in Maddie Robertson she's a, a content creator staff writer for football scoop and she um, she has a lot to bring to the table and she has quite a, quite a background of being an athlete herself. Um, she's, uh, she was, she's a daughter of a football coach and she currently works pretty, uh, pretty heavily in the media side of things in the football world. And so really excited to bring on Maddie and talk to her about her experiences in college athletics and, uh, being, you know, growing up in a coach's house and, um, Also, being a part of the media world, especially today when high schools are going back and forth on uh, making decisions on playing football or not. So uh, let's waste no more time and bring on Maddie Robertson from Football Scoop. Joining us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast, we are super excited to welcome Maddie Robertson to the show, content creator from Football Scoop. Maddie, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, Let's dive right into the conversation. Let's first start off with kind of your background, where you're from, and I know you played uh, sports growing up. You actually are a college athlete, or you were a college athlete, so kind of take us through that and kind of what led you to Football Scoop today and how sports kind of were a pivotal part of your life growing up.
2: Wow. Um, So Loaded question to start, I know. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, easiest one. Um, sports have been, you know, a lot of people will say sports have been a huge part of my life for my whole life. Um, that's absolutely accurate for me. Um, my mom was a volleyball coach when I was younger. So I think I had a volleyball in my hand at age two. And you could find me at practice, like sitting in the ball cart. Um, and obviously on the field, my dad was a football coach. So for the better part of my growing up, I was bounced back and forth between those two seasons and those two sports. So um, I don't really know what life looks like without sports. Um, I was fortunate enough to play pretty much every sport you could possibly think of as a kid and then to be a three-sport athlete in high school. I played volleyball, basketball, and I was actually an all-state powerlifter my junior year of high school, which is pretty uncommon for yeah, a female, that I guess. Is,
0: that is amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: I, uh,
1: that is pretty cool, actually.
2: It was it was really fun. I honestly love it. It was probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I got, I was trained by my dad who I always joke, like I'd be in the weight room like, you're training me. Like I'm, you know, going to the NFL combine and I'm, you know, <laughs> in 11th grade. Uh, <laughs> um, but I actually became all state after having a major reconstructive shoulder surgery and a knee surgery and surviving a car crash. So um, it was kind of the comeback story that kind of gave me my gave me my confidence athletically again after two disappointing seasons. Um, I actually missed my sophomore volleyball season due to blowing out my shoulder the summer before and had a major reconstruction was in a sling for nine months. So I missed all of volleyball, um, came back and played varsity basketball about halfway through the season. Um, And then the following year right before volleyball started, which was going to be my comeback, you know, after having this major, major surgery, and I trained all summer, uh, I was, my mom and I were in a car crash that nearly killed me. And as a result, I had knee surgery, I was in a hip to ankle brace and uh, missed volleyball season again <laughs> um, and basketball. And then in the spring, got to come back uh, healthier and recovered. And my dad was like, hey, do you want a power lift? And I said, um, sure.
0: <laughs> You're like, why um, not?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd always done, you know, weightlifting as part of training and, um, always enjoyed it. And I, I was a freshman in high school. I was like a random day in the spring. My dad's like, let's just see how much you can squat. And, you know, after weeks of training and I got to 365 pounds wow. as a 15 year old Wow! <laughs> wow! super cool. Um, uh, you know, obviously my dad and I were just like, celebrating and having a great time in the weight room about it because it was pretty cool um yeah, got it, football
1: like, players that can't squat that no kidding yeah we
2: we did too when i was in high school <laughs>
1: man <know that.
2: laughs>
1: you talk about showing out in the weight room no
0: kidding. good lord wow
2: amazing <laughs> it, was, it was my favorite thing i, I loved it my dad not had this level of intensity in the weight room that i think probably scared some of the boys honestly like it was just you know he's loud and big and, you know, I was like a 15 year old girl getting under the squat rack and I'm sure people are like, okay, she's like going to get hurt. And sure enough, like perfect squat form hit it and was like, Oh my gosh, I just did that. And so after that, my dad was like, you're capable. You are capable. Like, absolutely. So yeah, very, very lucky to have him. um, Just encourage me to do that and then to become all state. And it was just pretty, uh, the cherry on top. Honestly, I only did it because it was fun and then had some success with it, which was awesome. Um, So that was my junior year, my junior spring. And then I ended up moving to Colorado um, and living with my family on their operating cattle ranch in Steamboat Springs for my senior year of high school and was encouraged by my uncle to play volleyball again, play basketball again, even though I kind of thought that that part of my career was over. And so I did and fortunately had great Great teammates and great coaches that you know brought me along because I was still recovering from a shoulder and a knee surgery and getting back. You know, I missed two seasons, so I wasn't where I I thought that I should be. Um, and so I ended up kind of getting recruited to D2s across the country and uh, picked my uncle's alma mater western state colorado university which has changed names like three times i think we're at western colorado university now <laughs> yes I think, that's, I think that's what it's at now yes <laughs> yeah and, um it's changed a bunch of times but when i went there it was western state um and play i was fortunate enough to sign a scholarship to play there uh super excited about it loved the coach um and she actually Resigned like two days after I signed. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, which was very interesting. She was a a good family friend and somebody I was really excited to play for. So I went through the coaching change, um, not, not well. Um, and then I ended up getting hurt, um, pretty early on in the season. Again, blew my shoulder out for the second time and had a major, probably the biggest shoulder surgery that I had was, um, December of my freshman year. And then they had to go back in six months later in June following you know, to follow that up and fix it again. So my career ultimately ended after my freshman year of college, which was, um, which was pretty, pretty sad, pretty miserable, honestly. (laughs) Um, I learned a lot from it, but that was, um, definitely definitely really really hard i loved where i went to school but that that certainly brought some challenges for me socially emotionally and obviously you know a childhood dream that i thought had been taken from me multiple times by injury but i always kind of rallied back um and then you know once you have like that much metal in your shoulder it's kind of time to be done
0: (laughs) yeah i bet i mean that's that's quite the story maddie i mean that's unbelievable like the adversity you had to go through at such a young age like a lot of high school kids maybe necessarily don't even deal with some adver- adversity excuse me till college maybe even after and i mean to go through that much and then move as many times as you have that's incredible like when you came back from your senior year from the injury and you started to get recruited did you feel any pressures when you during the recruiting process maybe after you made the decision to go to western um did you feel any pressures like in in that moment or were you like pretty much like in like confidence mode like no i've been through a lot i'm supposed to be here because i worked my butt off um what was kind of your your mindset like during that process because um, i know be, you know these days kids sometimes get, get scared of the college process and maybe like the pressure that amounts when you get an offer so like what was going through your head or what, what, what were you going through personally like during that recruiting process
2: I mean fortunately I'm lucky to have parents who are super supportive and you know they made it a a priority like if you get recruited somewhere and you want to go see it you know we want to make sure you get on campus and so they did everything that they um that they could to make sure that I got to go see the campus and meet the coach and talk to players um so that was awesome but quite frankly the the, that's a great question because the pressure I felt was mostly from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the the family background that I come from, my mom having played volleyball at Notre Dame, and my dad being a three time All American linebacker, and you know my grandpa played football at Central Michigan, and my okay. aunt played um, softball in college. My uncle uh, was a college baseball player and then a college football player. So runs for in the me, family. The pressure- yeah yeah, and uh that I think I put you know they were all very supportive and of course encouraged me but I definitely put the pressure on myself like you know I I think i I expected myself to become a a very successful college volleyball player and um the recruiting process process because of that was honestly pretty fun for me um I was mature enough and had help enough to kind of make a list of things that were important to me. I knew I wanted to major in political science. I knew I wanted to be um, at a smaller school. I, Quite frankly, I was self-aware enough to know that I was not over six foot. Uh, and that, that meant that D1 probably wasn't an option, especially not having played many high school seasons, Mm -hmm. really only one. Um, So I knew D2, D3. And then uh, my dad being my dad said that he would not write a check for a single dollar to a school that did not have football. I absolutely (laughs) had no problem with Amen to him. Exactly. I was like, yeah, we're Absolutely no problem. So um, I went and visited three different schools and ultimately chose Western because when I got on campus, it felt like home and people were very friendly and they're, oh, are you the volleyball recruit? Nice to meet you. You know, do you have any questions? And so um, Gunnison, Colorado is one of the most beautiful places in the world. So um, definitely absolutely happy with that decision.
1: I will plug Steamboat and say that is my favorite place to go uh, snowboarding. My family loves vacationing there and hitting the slopes, and we were actually there when the COVID shutdown happened, so our, our trip got cut just a little bit short. Um, what, one of the things that I want to ask you about when it comes to the collegiate aspect is you're facing the injury. You kind of know your career at that <laughs> point is, is hitting its culmination because you know what you've been through. Um, you know, physically and mentally. At that point, you and I got to talk a little bit before ab- about about you know kind of the mental health aspect. We hear so much about it in today's sports, and I know uh, Kevin Love and some other athletes have been huge advocates for you know more mental health uh, coaching is needed, and we we need to change the way we approach our athletes. You're you're a scholarship athlete in college. You are you know facing another devastating injury well, how would you describe your mental state at that point and who was there to kind of lift you through it if anybody
2: <sighs> yeah that's, a, that's an awesome question too um I would definitely say that obviously since it wasn't my first injury it was kind of like oh here we go again I mean I hate to be you know so but it it, it was it was just like man Again, like, I, I think I was disappointed the most because I felt like I had rallied back so hard and, you know, recovered and trained and done everything right to not have that happen. So it, it was just deflating is the best way to say that. Um, again, I have incredible parents who are crazy supportive. And um, even from 1500 miles away, they were there for me every step of the way. Um, but Unfortunately, I did not receive the same level of support from the coach, from the coaching staff and the um, athletic department at Western as a whole. And uh, I think I thought originally it was just, you know, like, oh, you're just a volleyball player. Oh, it's just C2. But I think that it's my experience speaks to a lot of experiences that other student athletes have had in terms of when you're healthy and you're helping win games that you are treated differently by some people when you are injured and no longer helpful and obviously I love coaches I've had incredible coaches I've come from coaches and I'm marrying one so I, I don't want to speak poorly of all of them as a whole but I definitely think that there's there's something to be said for you know taking care of athletes when they get hurt um, when I told my coach that I had gone i got gotten the MRI and that I was, you know, sure enough, scheduled for surgery already. Uh, His first words to me were, okay, well, we're taking your scholarship. Wow. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the the money part of that. My mind didn't go to the financial aspect. It was like, wow, that's how little I am valued. That when, you know, an athlete comes to you and, and says, and he, you know, obviously he knew my history in terms of having battled back so many times. When your answer isn't like, "Oh my gosh, what can we do to support you?" And your answer is, "We're taking your scholarship." Like there, there's an issue there, and whether it's systematic or just with that person, I, I definitely think that that was kind of the first time that my eyes were open to we we kind of have a problem with that um, in a, in some different schools and different places, I guess.
1: That's sad to hear, because you know one of the things we really preach on our show is about not just caring for the athletes it's more than that like an athlete does not care what you know until they know how much you care about them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're never going to get to a heart of an athlete if they don't believe you truly care about Mm -hmm. them and you know want them to be the best in life we were talking about it on our last episode um, regarding you know the wins and losses and how we learn so much through losses and we have to be there to pick the athletes up and care for them that that's devastating to hear your experience there. I mean, it, it hurts my feelings, and I'm just now getting to know you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I didn't even
1: know you five minutes ago <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was uh, it was it was pretty devastating. It was pretty awful to feel like I wasn't supported on campus in that way. Like I said though I I fortunately have parents and family who was, who were extremely supportive. Um, And I know that there aren't, there are some people who don't have that. And for me, that was the part that kind of hit me. It was like, wow, you know, I I have some support where this doesn't feel as bad as it could. But when, you know, student athletes don't have anybody else to turn to like that. Yeah. That's awful.
0: I mean, it's to me, what stands out to the whole thing is the idea that we treat college athletes like they're just, adults and they're like ready to go fight the world yet you know most college athletes they pretty much just breathe the sport that they're playing their entire life and Mm -hmm. was always just pushed like this is what you're gonna do this is what you're gonna do and then you get to this point where you're actually dealing with actual issues that you may have not you know been up front with before and then no one's really willing to believe you you know, because it's Absolutely. not a broken arm, you know, it's inside of you um, and you Absolutely. can't see it. So it's just so interesting to me because I, I'm i not saying that life is full of figuring it out. You know, life is full of audibles in terms of football, for instance, like you're always having <laughs> to figure stuff out on the fly and it gets really difficult. But it just stands out to me at, at that point in life when you're a college athlete and, you know, you're pretty much like a two two you have like two full time jobs. I mean, you're a student you're an athlete and you're not getting paid for it and they just expect you to just know and figure out what to do. So just to me it stands out how little support or guidance, I guess is the word I'm looking for. It's not like hey, figure it out for you. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm I'm administration. I'm just going to figure it out for you like there was a scandal of some of the athlete, you know, college basketball players like having the easiest uh graduation requirements and i'm like i don't like that but at least give them the proper guidance to succeed and don't just throw them out in the wild with nothing to do because not many people are capable to come out from something like that some people are strong-willed and are able to just be thrown in any situation and they're going to claw their way out but not everyone's built like that and so it's good to have those opportunities and sometimes i feel like in college sports it's just not there
2: yeah i absolutely agree we miss it sometimes and i think that um, one of the things that you said that absolutely resonates with me is that, um, you know, you, as an athlete that's expecting, you know, not expecting, but determined to be a scholarship athlete in college, um, you know, it becomes a huge part of your identity. And I think to me, when I got hurt, obviously I was concerned about, I, I was in pain <laughs> for one. Um, for two, I was, you know, sad I wasn't going to be part of a team and get to play the sport that I loved and live my childhood dream. But at the same time, I also think that after I got hurt, I struggled quite a bit with identity, with you know, what do you? I obviously knew I knew I was smart. I knew I had other hobbies and other things that I was interested in, but not having you know, you're a volleyball player. Like I was a Western State volleyball player. So now, how do you, do? You still feel that way? Do you transition out of that? where do you fall? And I feel like that's, those are the kids that get kind of like left, left to the wayside. So I absolutely agree with you.
1: Yeah. Their identity is totally, I'm a member of this team. That's who I am. That's my identity. This is my, my realm of friends and influencers. So it becomes kind of odd when you suddenly don't have that. Uh, Maddie, one of the things that I really want to dive into this, this is a, a, a big one for me is when I when I first had seen one of the articles that you published from Football Scoop, it was regarding, and I think you, your title was, Hi, I'm Maddie. You were introducing yourself, and you were going through kind of this role of, you know, here's who I am, here's how I grew up, and I grew up around the game of football, talking about how your grandfather was around the game, your father has been a coach, and you were going through how important, you know, Friday night's word to you and being at the high school football games. Now, and you and I talked briefly off air. I have an 11 year old daughter. So my daughter's always been around it with me. And, and Friday night is her thing. That's when she gets to see daddy coach. She's usually on the sidelines. We're in a COVID year, so she's not on the sidelines this year. She's not allowed. So she's usually on the sidelines. She's a water girl filling up water jugs, giving them to players. And that's she's her awesome. thing and that's her.
0: I got to experience it for <laughs> one season and she is awesome. I'll tell you what shout out because she is great and that's too bad that she can't be on the sidelines right now.
1: <laughs> she's, she's my little diva. And you know, so what I really want to know, cause it's special to me. That's my, that's like my precious time. I see my daughter in her sports gear on the sidelines and it's the most precious thing. Still the most beautiful picture I have is her being at our, um, we concluded our spring football camp and she's got my headset on, on the side of the field with the biggest smile on her face, my favorite picture ever. So walk me through, cause you live this life already. Walk me through. I want to know what it was like from your perspective, being daddy's girl on, on the field, on the sidelines at home. How was that relationship and what made it so special for you?
2: Oh my gosh. I love this question. Um, Oh, wow uh same thing as your daughter I was always on the sidelines always around my I mean I loved being around it I still do obviously um any chance I get to hang out with my dad he's an athletic director now he was a football coach high school football coach for 18 years um and my entire growing up so Friday nights uh are super special in our house too um I think that the best thing I can say about my dad in terms of being a football coach and a girl dad is, you know, um, that we often, and I don't know, maybe you have experiences too, that people would say, cause I'm really a little child. People would say in front of me to my dad, like, do you wish you was a boy? Mm-hmm. And I remember even at a young age, just being like pissed off about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, frankly, just <laughs> mad. Cause I was like, well, you know, And my dad always just had the best answer. You know, he just was, he was horrified too. He's like, absolutely not. Um, Because for my dad, we just, we didn't play the, the gender stereotypes. I was, I was, his daughter and, and his kid. And that's all that mattered. And we had an amazing time together. Um, and that depending if, if that was playing with dolls, my, you know, big six, two former linebacker father would play with the dolls, <laughs> but he would, I mean, but he was also, you know, putting my hair in little pigtails and making my little, little football camp. Um, but that, yeah, that was absolutely so much fun. I love it. We, we, we bond over, fo- I mean, we're, we're also very much the same person. Uh, we have, we share a lot of similar personality traits. We both love to talk. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I can't say enough about, about that experience as I, I always say that I grew up with like, you know, a hundred brothers and however many coaches were uncles. And to this day, I still call some of them, you know, uncle, whatever, just because that's the relationship you, you build when you're around that because your dad spends so much time doing that, as you well know, um, that it's it's a family affair. Like we talked about before, it's just a whole family thing and football is family. Um, so, yeah, for me, growing up with my dad as a coach was I, I love it. I absolutely loved it obviously you don't get to see the, the time constraint of coaching is hard. You know, obviously in season, my mom always jokes that she was a single parent because all the responsibility fell on her because that's just how it works in season. Um,
1: yeah. My wife solo parents during football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you have to definitely thank her for that. Cause it's not easy. <laughs> um, but I mean, we, I can't say enough good things about it. I loved it. We have such a, a special bond. Um, we we do things together all the time. We throw in footballs. He will um he's infamous for making me do football drills in the backyard <laughs> and taking me on them. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if you realize this, but I've had like way too many surgeries. Also never played a down football in my life. So I don't need to know how to do this perfectly well yeah you are you're gonna do it again oh, okay <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean we I was never treated differently because I was a girl I was water girl just like you know just like you said your daughter is uh, you know in and around in and around the weight room in and around practice and taken to football camp and told to participate <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that relationship to me is super super special. Um I don't know if I answered that question fully. <laughs> you
1: you did. Here and I have to ask you my future's question. This is my future's yeah. question. She's 11 right now, so you kn- you know, you you're a female, so you know I have a couple more years. Oh yeah. So, what was what was daddy's rule on dating football players?
2: <laughs> well, see <laughs> When they see you in the weight room squatting more than you, dating becomes like a non-issue. <laughs> just, yeah, we're not touching that. No, we're, no way. Um, there was no rules. Usually he would, when it came to dating in high school, it was, you can go if you can kick their butt. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that that was pretty that was pretty easy. And we didn't have many. I, unfortunately, my high school boyfriend did play. He was an offensive lineman and was roughly like 90 pounds. So and my dad went to every game with me, which um, that poor kid, I mean, I just felt bad for any guy. like that my dad got to watch games. They'd always be like, so what did he say? I'm like, Oh, um, well, I took you, don't wanna know. you
1: don't want to know. <laughs> did you see your grade? It was a D minus. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. And my, my fiance now he coaches and he's a college coach and he'll still be like, Hey, uh, so what did your dad say? I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> how does he think I did? I'm like, Oh my gosh, you can ask him. You can talk X's and O's just constantly. Um, but yeah, definitely didn't, didn't have the rule about that. They'll be scared of her anyways. They'll be scared of you. It's, it's great. But I mean, obviously i of course liked football players because I liked how hard they work and I love the sport. So I couldn't imagine It not being a part of my life. Well, I think also
0: with, I feel like your dad and I'm sure Jason as well. I know Jason as a coach is, you know, when you, when you run a program and you're coaching kids a certain way, it's part of the values you just kind of instill and you don't have to say it necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're a good coach, you're going to get your message across about certain things without even having to say it. And so I feel like that's totally one of those things. I can tell that just by the way you talk about your dad is he's totally that kind of coach. And I know Jason is too. It's like, you know, in the end, it's like, you know, you set those values from the start. And like he said, he instilled them in you. He instills into his football program. And that's you know, and that's just you know, it's like a don't ask, don't tell, but it doesn't even have. It's like no one's even doing anything. It's like, and in the end, you he knows he grew, you know, he brought up a strong, independent, you know, very confident woman. So it's like, you know, she's she's smart enough to make her own decisions. You know, he's not worried about those things. So you can just tell when yeah, when you started when you, start,
2: you, when you... they'd be scared yourself. <laughs> <Exactly. so, laughs> it worked out well. I didn't even have to think about it that much. <laughs> like, it's a non-issue. Yeah, that's she's, awesome. She. There was times when my dad and I'd be in the weight room, and boys would. Like be be lifting, and then all of a sudden, I'd start lifting, and you would just see, oh, there's no one next to me. Oh, there's no one two racks away, and it just would keep going until they were at the opposite ends of the weight room because they were like, I'm not sure that.
0: <laughs> Let's come back want- later, bro. <laughs> yeah, so- they're like,
2: well, we'll get the coach. Can we come back later? Because yeah, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't want to uh, they didn't want to deal with that. And I'd make fun of them if I, if one of the boys was like mean to me during the day at school or whatever. I'd look at my dad and be like, whatever he's doing put 50 more on mine because I'm not, we're not going to play this game. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I can't give you dating advice for your daughter because it just was a non issue. (laughs) It was a non issue for me. They were scared, which was awesome.
1: That's good to know. I'll just make sure she squats a lot. (laughs) Then
2: just had me in there. Dad had me in there like doing squats on medicine balls and doing all kinds of crazy workouts. And they'd be like, I don't know if I can compete with that. I'll just, yeah.
1: My my daughter's my daughter's already ripped and she has my attitude, so we should be fairly
0: decent.
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like so, that I feel like that
0: physical stuff from your dad had to have helped like with those injuries, you know, like I mean I just feel like that probably helped your body like sustain coming maybe come back because it was just like you know, just a st- 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 like strong. You built your body. You worked hard for it. So those a lot of people can't come back from injuries like that, like reconstructive surgery on me and shoulder, and in twice oh on a shoulder. It's like I, people just don't come back from that and are able to just do regular life things, let alone go play sports. So like, I feel like that's totally a testament to like what your dad like pushed you to do. Oh
2: yeah, huge on the weight training, huge on the jump training. I mean, there was training constantly. When people asked me. You know how how did I do that? How did you you know become successful or whatever? I'm like, well, <laughs> a lot of time in the weight room. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of the key for me. And I'm very fortunate, like I said, that he knew as much as he did about it. So it was just pretty natural for us, and we like doing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to this day. I'll still I'll still go in the weight room and be like, okay, do you think that I can do this on a medicine ball with my other foot? And he's like, okay whoa, 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 like, <laughs> we've had too many surgeries, we don't need another one, yeah. like, let's you are retired now, um, which is, but we, we have a great time with it, um, I remember one time, he had, was trying to get me to do something, and I just, I just looked at him, and we're in the weight room, and we're yelling at each other, um, and I'm like, what do you think that I am, and he turns without, without even skipping, being goes capable, capable is what mm. I think you are.
1: Oh, was, I like it. And it just,
2: I kind of looked at him. I, I want to be mad, but it was like, huh? Okay, can't argue with that. I guess mm. I'll do this workout. I'm like, okay, sure.
0: I love that. Wow, I love that. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> Everything I do in my coaching life is stolen. So there's something else I'm adding to my book because that is awesome.
2: I've, I've got plenty of them, but uh, a lot of them from him involve words that you don't want to put on. <laughs> you know what?
0: Capable is a very good one. I, <laughs> I like capable. A good word. That one. Uh, not- <laughs>
1: I like capable, so, Maddie. You've you've talked a lot about your dad, and I'm uh, I'm guessing this one's going to lead us right back there. Uh, <laughs> feel Feel free, whether it's your dad or whether there's other people in your sports life or in your professional life, who have been leaders that you've really looked up to, who have influenced you, and you've admired what they've done. and And, and what was it about them that you you thought, wow, I can really follow this leader.
2: Wow. Uh, so I have to say, I'd be remiss given um, the last couple of days, if I did not mention uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, obviously um, I'm a woman that studying politics and I just love her, everything about her, her attitude, her leadership um, and her ability to, I guess, lead without having to be abrasive. And I think as a woman, it's hard to be seen as a leader if you're intense and she's intense, but yet an incredible, she was an incredible leader. So absolutely you know, with her passing, I feel like that that's something I absolutely have to say. Um, she is, she was awesome and her legacy will live on. So definitely the leadership of women like that. Um, and quite frankly, teachers I've had, I've been lucky to have some incredible teachers and I think that um, they don't get thanked quite enough and we don't realize how much they do for our kids. Uh, my Amen dad, to that. Exactly. Uh, my dad was a special ed teacher while he coached for 20 years. Uh, my grandfather was a special ed teacher for 40 years. Uh, teachers are my family, and I just I think that a lot of the strongest women I've seen and some of the people you know, male anti-bul that have encouraged me to to grow and learn have been my teachers, and I'm super super grateful for them. Um, and then I guess the last one would be, well, not the last one. <laughs> Obviously, there's plenty of people that I think are awesome leaders, but uh, the women I worked with at the governor's office in Louisiana, I was fortunate enough to get a job right out of college with the governor's office working for women's policy. And the women I worked with just, I, I, I'm in awe of them. They were so powerful and so brilliant and so graceful and were so willing to reach a handout and pull the next woman up and, and just lead and, and support each other. And I just, I think as women, we, you know, men, you guys are like, oh yeah, here's, here's what I'm doing with practice. Oh, here's this. And women were kind of conditioned differently. And so working with women that were so quick to be like, oh yeah, let me show you how to do this. Or, you know, let me introduce you to so-and-so like that was so powerful. Um, and then obviously my dad as a coach was, is a fantastic leader and people love him. And we always, my mom and I was like, oh, seriously, he's annoying. (laughs) I was like, oh, he's a pain. Why do you you y'all think he's great? But he's he's a great leader and uh, takes commands of room to the point where people, you know, buy into what he's saying. And obviously we all know his coaching, that's a huge deal. But um, in terms of my life, I would absolutely say my mother- this clock. I apologize. <laughs> <No> <laughs> <it's> awesome.
1: <laughs> I love the background of it.
2: <laughs> it, it sounds very regal. Um, but actually, my mother is uh, played volleyball at Notre Dame has a degree from Notre Dame has more degrees. I'm like looking at them right now in our home office, like, wow, there's so many. Um, so she has her doctorate in education. She has run a marathon. She obviously played college athletics and does is just such an incredible leader in the work that she does for special education here in Michigan. And so I uh, definitely can't pass by the leadership question without you know shouting out to my mom for sure.
0: That's amazing. You mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg because as what you said about her being able to get your point across without being abrasive. And I feel like we live in a world today where debate is completely lost and where it's just back and forth, arguing, pointing fingers and, she was definitely one to be stern and to make sure she was heard, but not in a offensive, like, f- you know, you- you're listening, feeling attacked kind of way. And I think there's an art to that, and she was extremely, extremely good at that. And I think some of the best leaders, teachers, coaches are good at that. Um, being And it's also being confident in yourself and being comfortable with yourself to not feel um, – afraid of what's going to come back at you um but also being like valuing other people whose else is in the room and being able to value who you know the different kinds of backgrounds and all that And it's very hard i mean not everyone can do that but again it's i just feel like it's completely lost today um, so i'm glad you mentioned that and i mean it's um it's just it's just a testament how much people impact us in life and when you're in a different environment that I, I, there's no better feeling to me is when I'm in a brand new environment and I f- might feel a little nervous or anxious um, or curious and it just blows me away and sends me on a new life path, a new mindset. And I'm like, it's like the best feeling ever. And um, I, I feel like that's what you got at the governor's office in Louisiana. Just Absolutely. like you know, what to expect here. And then it completely blows you off your feet and you're like, this is amazing. And that's just, it's, it's one of the best feelings to me for sure. Um, what explain to us a little bit about what football scoop is and what kind of is the goal there and kind of what, cause personally I won't lie. And maybe I'm just a complete airhead, which, you know, it's okay. But, um, <laughs> I, I was unaware of what football scoop was. And then as Jason started, as coach Chaddock started telling me about it, I was like, wow, how have I not heard about this? So kind of explain what it is uh, for those that don't know and kind of what you guys do over at football scoop.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been around for over 20 years now. Um, And it is like the premier website outlet for information on coaching. Coaching changes um, is primarily kind of what it started as. So the scoop itself is, is just basically, you know, What's going on? Did somebody make a transition to somewhere else? You know what's opened up, that kind of thing. Um, but also, there's a lot of really good articles. They have a great history of writing, you know, articles for coaches by guys that you know love the sport and. I uh, want to see it continue to grow and continue to be important. So it's um it's an awesome website. I've I've known about it for a long time. Obviously my dad has looked at it forever and my fiance so it's not when I, you know, when I heard about the opening it wasn't something new for me. It's something that I've been on quite a bit just cuz that's where you learn your information about what's going on in the football world and obviously, you know, marrying into another <laughs> football, football guy, uh it was it's important for me to be aware of what's going on. Um, So it's great. There's a lot of really cool articles keeping up to date on games and fun stuff that's happened. And also, you know, more serious stuff. It's um, a little bit of fun, a little bit of reporting. And like I said, the scoop is kind of the main, there's the scoop that covers like college and NFL and then basically high schools across the country can email in and say, Hey, can you post that we're looking for an opponent for week three or, you know, we've got an opening for a coaching position. So it's, you know, kind of all-encompassing across the country, all divisions, all levels, just a place for football information, for football coaches. And um, there's a strength scoop. There's, you know, athletic director scoop. There's just, it's just a lot of information and uh, a great place to gather information, to learn more, and just really – an appreciation for the sport
0: (laughs) now we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the ever-changing society that we're living in today and how things are constantly changing through um the pandemic that we're living in and everyone's been affected in one way or another so we're we're curious to know um kind of the daily covid changes that you're covering and then also what you're seeing um in the college and high school realm um the constant changes that are going there the the back and forth so obviously big 10 you know canceling the season then coming back you know and stuff like that so kind of yeah walk us through kind of the changes that you've been dealing with covering yourself and and what you're seeing in that high school college realm
2: yeah absolutely um so i kind of just ended up being the one to cover most of the states. I'm just kind of fascinated by it and obviously I have a soft spot in my heart for high school football. Um, so I covered kind of started, I've made a map that you can see on the website that has red for states that are planning not to play, yellow for states that are going to play sometime this fall, and green for the ones that are currently playing. Uh, and I've been updating it every week which gets continually harder because states have reversed their decisions and then gone back again mm-hmm. and some of them have Done that, you know, two or three times. Um, but it's been it's been very interesting to watch that happen. Ultimately, I think that everyone, you know, across the country is trying to make the right decision to keep kids safe. Um, you know, athletic directors, coaches, parents, like ultimately, everyone would like to be playing, obviously. Um, you know, that's the goal to give kids the opportunity to be on the field and to play the sport they love and compete. But you know, there's also the, be, be remiss to not say that there is the health, you know, health impacts of the virus that's going on. So um, it, I think mostly what I've witnessed through watching these different decisions being made in these states reversing decisions is that people are really just trying to figure out what makes most sense because there is not a right and wrong right now. We're all just trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah, quite frankly, there's been states that have started you know gosh five weeks ago at this point and states that have not started yet and won't for a couple weeks so it just high school football this year looks just so different across the board um and I quite frankly I feel for those seniors because I'm not super far removed from high school I mean (laughs) it wasn't yesterday but (laughs) I, I feel for them obviously now that you've heard my story you know that you know, if I hadn't gotten the opportunity to compete my senior year, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have gotten to play college athletics and get a scholarship and live that childhood dream. And I know that Joe Burrow said said something similar, you know, if, if he didn't get a senior year, he'd be looking for a job. Um, so, you know, I, I feel for them, my heart goes out to them that are not getting to play or you know, are struggling with, you know, states are struggling to make that decision because ultimately, you know, we want what's best for the athletes. So it's a daily changes. It's been daily changes. It's been constant, um, keeping up with the states and watching how different states handle this. We, I've been kind of covering it pretty closely and, changing my map almost every day.
1: <laughs> I've, um, I've been following your state tracker. I got, a, I got the biggest kick out of that when I saw the article. I think it was about a week, week and a half ago when I first saw it. And can you update us on where it is? I know at one point it was 29 states playing, seven were voting Or seven were thinking about reversing their decisions because a couple were... Or I'm sorry, no, seven were coming back. Seven were supposed to come back and they were working on releasing dates. Do you know where it is right now?
2: Holy cow. (laughs) I have this written down somewhere. Um, But I do know that there are six, seven right now. Minnesota Today um, was the, the... Newest state to decide that it's going to reconsider and will be playing this fall. But, you know, obviously, when that happens, you the biggest challenge that these states are having is that you can make that decision, but you also have to ha- make sure that your athletes are conditioned, prepared. I mean, obviously, you don't want people getting hurt and sick and injured from not being, you know, in shape and each state has kind of done it differently in terms of if they could have four four people working out or, you know, small group workouts or, so yeah, Colorado has certainly get, given us a little bit of whiplash with their decision back and forth, back and forth. Um, and ultimately last week landed on allowing schools to make their decision Um, If they would like to play an A season, which will happen this fall, but dates have been undetermined yet, I believe. And C season or season C, which would be this spring, starting on February 22nd and going to the beginning of May. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of flexibility, a lot of constant changes, just, you know, states and state, you know, the high schools, athletic associations for each day doing what they think is best for their you know for their membership schools and and the people in their state so it's yeah it's been very interesting to watch that I've, quite frankly it's a very interesting time to have started this role and started writing and content creating because there's just so much going on in terms of COVID um, that I you know try to try to find other things to talk about but it always ends up back there because it just is it's such a challenge right now to, you know, make sure that we're allowing athletes to have the opportunities that they need, but at the same time, making sure that we're keeping safety and health, you know, in our forefront. So I don't know if that fully answered your question, but I I know I can speak to the high school level because I have been covering it pretty heavily. And then of course, my dad being an athletic director, I get a front row seat to what that's looked like for them, because obviously Michigan started out as a, you know a no and has now started their season last Friday was the first game so and let me tell you going to a high school game with less than oh my gosh less than a hundred people on each side is just very very different <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: I bet I bet especially out there um, you know you don't have to go too much into detail about this but I'm wondering about logistically how you go about fi- updating that map like what's your process like are you talking to people do you have connections at certain places or um are people supposed to be letting you know or are you just like refreshing news outlets to like read articles <laughs> or like twitter or what's going on like how how are you able to update this and like you know how strenuous is of a process is that? Cause I'm sure it's kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> it is kind of crazy. Um, and actually last week I had the map ready. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do my article. I've got my map ready. And then um, Scott with our, you know, owner and, uh, head man in charge was like, uh, so did you see this Colorado reconsidered? I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to redo my math. <laughs> um, but, you know, honestly, it's, it's easier at this point as the States have continued to make their decisions, the max preps is doing a great job of, they've got a list of the original dates and if who postponed and who was starting. Um, but a lot of it is just all of us keeping our eyes on high school football and, and, a lot of Twitter. Twitter is a big uh, communication tool, obviously, as you all know. But it's also great because people talk. And um, I did a piece about protests. And there was that's how I saw it was that there were different states where parents and players and coaches were protesting in state capitals in different places um, and really got that information from Twitter. So news outlets will say, you know, today we got Minnesota reconsidered. And it was like, oh, my gosh, let me go read more and then write my article about it. So that's kind of how we learn. <laughs> that's
0: crazy. I mean, I just, I feel like that's just um, a lot of jumping around um, and staying on it, but good on you. Cause I've seen that map too. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's, it's, been <laughs> definitely been my, it's definitely been my resource to figure out, like, what is everyone else doing as well? Because obviously in Colorado, it's been a little crazy, you know, living here and kind of being a high school coach in Colorado, high school football coach in Colorado. It's um, kind of crazy the back and forths that been going on. But, yeah, it is, you know, I, there are people that want to know what the heck is going on in other states. And um, having a nice resource that's clear and easy to follow is is huge <laughs> to have. So I personally thank you for for doing that because it's awesome.
2: Absolutely, I mean I've honestly found it pretty interesting. So it's been fun for me too because it's obviously ever changing. <laughs> Heck yeah!
0: Well, we don't want to take up any more of your time, Maddie. I uh, uh, on behalf of you know Coach Chaddock and myself, we really appreciate having you on Third and Thirty. Um, it was a great conversation learning about your background and what you do and kind of um, learning more about where you come from. So thank you so much for taking the time out and joining us.
2: Thank you all so much for having me. It's been a great time.
0: <laughs> Once again, a big thank you to Maddie Robertson of football scoop for joining us on the third and 30 podcast. I uh, was a really enlightening conversation to talk to her about her experiences in the college world and, and kind of picking her brain about um, you know, growing up in a in a college, in a football coach's home and and being the daughter of one and playing sports, moving around, and and uh, now working in the media. But you know what stood out to me, Coach, is kind of the adversity she dealt with and how she kind of really grinded through that and was a champ about all those tough times in her life. I mean, it, you know, I I mentioned and you know we had a lot of conversations off air and on air, so but I, I can't remember when what was mentioned when if i mentioned this on air but um she, she she's been through a lot at at, at at a young age you know being a high school kid not a lot of high school kids are you know especially in the athletic world go through all those sort of adversities um and and then come out with still opportunities to be uh, uh, uh to play college sports and and to get that chance and i mean going through um you know reconstructive so- shoulder surgery to the car accident that almost killed her to um again in college getting another injury where she has to get surgery and sit out and just persevere through all that and you could kind of tell by her attitude even through this conversation we had with her that she is just a, a grinder she just doesn't nothing really phases her she just kind of pushes anything bad to the side and, and goes with it so um it- it's tough and-, and when she mentioned the the um sometimes lack thereof of support from from uh you know coaching staffs it's it's it's, it's tough to hear and and it's a, it's a real thing mental health and how it can affect people and when, when you have uh countless things going on in your life you don't really have a chance to sit back and just kind of think for a second so sometimes it can all just come at you at once and when you're on your own and um you're kind of forgotten as an injured player it, it's, tif- it's difficult and um you know, I think it was kind of a, a, a message to, to, to hear that, you know, that sometimes um, you, you don't plan to get injured, you know, and sometimes I feel like the NCAA kind of, and it's tough when you have that many athletes to worry about, but, um, you know, to me it's, it's it really takes a toll when you're just, uh, when you're labeled as something, you know, she was, she was kind of saying, you know, you're just a, kind of like the Western State volleyball player, so you don't kind of... You know, you're not known as like she's not known as Maddie. She's known as that Western volleyball player, and and you kind of lose your identity, and that's difficult. And uh, I'm glad she brought that to the forefront. That's what kind of stood out to me of the conversation. But you know, I, I love hearing about the the daddy's girl stuff, and and uh, her growing up in that household. I know I'm probably hits a special spot in your your uh, heart, Coach, uh, being a um, a girl dad yourself, but. Um. Overall, a great conversation. I and I really enjoyed that. And those are the kind of things that stood out to me. Um, you know, any follow up to that, or what? What stood out to you, Coach?
1: You know, I, I do want to follow up on what you said because I was very taken back when she highlighted the reaction at the collegiate level from the coaches, and instantly their, um. Talking about you know, they're taking her scholarship back and she's sitting there injured, can't even can't even move yet. Right. And I, I was so taken back by that. And I can't even imagine her dad. Her dad is a coach. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if that was my daughter sitting there, I'd have drove I'd have drove to the college and we would have had a really good talk <laughs> uh, with with that coach and the athletic director. And 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 again, I'm from an athletic perspective, I get it. And especially if, if, if the athlete gets to a point where they're identifying that their career is done, I get it. When is the appropriate time to have that conversation, yeah, right, though? Right. Let's talk about timing. And, you know, that I was, I was taken back by that, as you alluded to. Uh, yes. And I want to highlight the girl dad piece because the girl dad piece was very special for me. I absolutely loved hearing it. And, when I, when I saw her article on Football Scoop introducing herself and talking about that relationship, I pretty much instantly knew, hey, I want to get Maddie on here, and I want to talk sports. I want to talk her collegiate career, the adversities, and I really want to find out more about the specialness of the relationship with her father because that's a huge part of my life. My daughter's a huge – you've seen my daughter around, mm-hmm. whether it's at practice. My daughter worked out with the team. Uh, sitting in there in the weight room, doing right. the squats, do, doing the bench presses and, and learning how to work out in the off seasons. So my daughter's around it. She's with me on that. And it was nice for me to hear it from the daughter's perspective because I witness it from a father's perspective.
0: Right. No, yeah. To,
1: to hear the reverse of, hey, tell me what my daughter might be feeling right now. Tell me the way my daughter might look at things right now. And I loved it to be able to hear that from her perspective and to hear how football has impacted her life and her dad coaching football, because there's two different impacts. There's the impact of football and being around the weight room and learning how to lift weights and learning how to train and being around the game on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Then there's the impact from your dad being a football coach and those, you know, however many players are on your team. I think we have a team of about 70, 75 players right now on our team. And you become that father figure to a lot of a, a lot of kids, and you become a coach and a mentor to these kids. So they become part of your family. Mm-hmm. And you know, to hear from her perspective what that meant, I, I really cherish that. the The other piece that was really intriguing for me because I battled this myself was injuries in high school, and then getting to the collegiate level and facing another injury. I went through that myself. I it, it, I did not have the experience that she had of, hey, suddenly you're getting a scholarship revoked. And also, hey, you fought your way back. Now you get in a car accident and miss another season of your high school. <laughs> That's crushing. <laughs> Absolutely crushing. And, and to hear the adversity that, that she faced. And we, we had a, a lot of conversation off air. We had a lot of conversation that the listeners are getting to hear. What I love that I see today is the adversity we learned about during the course of this podcast has trained her to feel a confidence in getting through anything. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, you want to talk about leadership development. You want to talk about sports as our platform. Fantastic. Sports is our platform. We take full advantage of that. Sports is our platform. Let's talk for a minute, though, about the mental toughness and the development you get. She went through some mental anguish. Difficult times where mentally it brought her down. Emotionally it brought her down. And she was able to get through that because of the spirit of those around her, a a mom and a dad who are caring and loving and who have lived the athletic end and are able to help guide her through that, you know, having that, that family network, having, having some friends that can help drive you through that, that's very important. And you look to where she is now, she can fight through the adversity and she can take on the challenges of life with confidence because she knows she can get through anything. She has already gone through so many trials and tribulations athletically in her life. Sports is that platform. Sports teaches us our ways And sports gives us that development piece that we so desperately need. That's why I'm such a proponent of athletics. Um, Athletics is a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of my kid's life. We learn so many valuable lessons and those lessons we transfer to the work world. We transfer to our real lives and it's so important. And that's what I really want to take home tonight is that key, That key of growing through the adversity. It it meant a lot to me to hear that from her and hear her life experience. Uh, Make no mistake about it. I don't care what level of college you go to. It's tough to play college college sports. College sports are demanding physically, mentally, and emotionally. They are demanding. And then you add injury to that and it becomes that much more demanding on you mentally and emotionally. And not to mention the physicality of the rehab that goes into it. Because no matter what, once you're hurt, whether you decide you're done playing or not, you still have to physically rehab through an injury mm-hmm. to get to get back to being whole again. And that takes a lot. It takes a lot. And, and I, you know, I, I just want to say so grateful to have her on here and have her share her story. The, the father daughter relationship so important for me and loved hearing it from her perspective that mental toughness piece that's that's going to stick with me i'm going i'm going to be feasting on that one for a while that was a lot to take in and really impressed with with how she was able to present that and get that word out to our listeners because it is tough and it's okay to have those conversations any athlete any coworker that i have at work coworkers can come up and say hey you know something i'm not in a good space right now i i've had people do that before i'm not in a good space right now They've come up and said, man, I just, I I don't know what my purpose is. It takes a lot to be able to come into your boss and say, I don't know what my purpose is right now. Man, I'm struggling. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting excited about my work right now. And I don't know why. Is it because I'm not at the level I wished I was at by now? Is it because I'm just not finding a passion in the assignments I have at this moment Am I stagnant in my position? These are questions I get from people. And it's deep and it's a lot and it's hard. It's challenging. We cannot get better if we don't come to the table and have these difficult conversations. We have to know that it's okay to have them. And as leaders, we have to be there for people. If someone's going to have the guts, courage, the fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to come up to you and tell you this is what they're feeling, shut your mouth for a while and just listen to what they have to say hear them be there with them in that moment take it in because we don't have to have the answers right then and there patient listening is going to be a key
0: patience is a virtue you know and uh when you just kind of let sit back and don't react to everything that happens i think it's it's important it's a big it's a big part of life it's it's the art of debate which is completely lost in uh, society these days, at least from what I see is it's, it's it's tough to debate. Um, And, you know, and I'm, and I'm, uh, I I accuse myself of being one that's lost that art too, because of, of uh, being, you know, being in certain situations in life these days and how kind of you get, um, you kind of follow suit and you don't really get put into opportunities to debate because of how hostile it can get. And uh, that's not the point of debate. So, you're right. You just need to listen and let it sink in, and 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 then you can have a, a conversation. But and, and as you train yourself to be able to sink, let things sink in, then you get better, and your and your reaction time in life becomes a little better too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it all it all comes back full circle. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to just kind of sit and let resonate um about adversity in this show today and uh how um you know it's uh it can be a constant struggle and it's just something we you it's it's how do you want to come out of it and uh you kind of have to make that choice and sometimes it comes at an earlier age than you expect but um either way having the right support guidance environment is huge and that all it all comes back full circle Another big shout out to Maddie Robertson from Football Scoop. Hope to have her on again sometime. Um, it was great to uh, bring her on the show, and uh, um, like well, like we said, we, we probably talked for a total of f- three four hours, and and uh, you know we're, we're giving you what we think is the, the uh, real important, the good stuff. So uh, you guys are getting the best part of it anyway. So um, but either way, it was just great to, to talk to her and and uh, definitely kind of pick her brain and and have a good conversation about her experiences and and uh, so big shout out to Maddie Robertson please please come back anytime and um, you know we'd we'd love to have you and uh, another show in the books just like that you know we're a little delayed this time around but we appreciate you guys staying with us and being patient with us Um, you know life gets crazy and life gets busy and you just gotta attack and plan as best you can and we've been trying my goodness I mean it's just been uh you know the the I guess the one thing we've had struggles with is the fact that we have a two-hour time difference so things get a little uh a little tricky to maneuver around that but hey we figured it out and we made it happen and I think the next slew of guests that we got planned credit to coach Chaddock for putting it together is uh pretty exciting so can't wait for what we got in store um with our next guest, I think what you, what you did that coach Chad, I I can't wait. And I think our listeners should be excited too.
1: Absolutely. I'm fired up for it. We got, we have people from all over the place coming onto this show right now. And that's what I'm most excited for. I want to hear stories. I want to learn about leadership. I want to hear about the, the trials, tribulations, the adversity people have overcome, because that's, what's going to make us better. Let's, let's, let's live through people. Let's not try to recreate the wheel ourselves. (laughs)
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely um that's coach jason Chadock. i am coach praveen munch we appreciate you listening to us and your support this is the third and 30 podcast